video up. I've heard um, over the years a number of interviews uh, with uh, Tony Hawk, the skateboarding icon and innovator. Uh, Gideon's going to go ahead and play this as I talk about it. And uh, uh, invariably, when uh, someone is interviewing him, they're trying to figure out what's the, what's the recipe, what's the ingredients, the secret sauce. Um, and they're trying to figure out what makes him exceptional. You can go ahead and play it. Um, and that definitely happened when kind of at the height of skateboarding popularity, uh, Tony Hawk was the first one to land the um, 900. Um, it's about the same difficulty as uh, Stephen winning the Church Fantasy Football League in 14 teams. Congratulations to everyone today when you address Stephen, address him as champion. Uh, and Tony Hawk has a high IQ, and a lot of people like to point to that, but when he's interviewed, actually um, what he, he kind of stumbles around to explain that he was really tall and lanky and uncoordinated um, as an adolescent when he was learning a lot of this stuff, and that his IQ actually didn't really uh, help him with all these things. But one thing that he has, that he is extraordinary in, and that is an ability to stay in the moment. He has an extraordinary ability to stay in the moment. And he's trying to complete a trick that he's invented, something that, 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 that nobody else has done before, and he, he learns the different moving parts of it, and, but can't quite complete it. He has an uncanny, extraordinary ability to stay in the moment until completion, until he learns it, until he lands it, and to let nothing else get in the way. And this video clip is that moment. This is from the X Games that he for the first time, lands the 900. He thought that the TV broadcast had been turned off. He, he said this, the, the event had gone past the hours that it was supposed to go uh, uh, for, and he stayed in the moment. He said he, he got to a place where he didn't care what was going on around him. He didn't care about anything else or anyone else. He knew that he was close, and he needed to stay in the moment. Thank you, Gideon. You can switch this back. Um, he needed to stay in the moment through completion. Athletes and musicians talk about muscle memory. So engage your whole person, your, your brain, your emotions and everything. The stick-to-itiveness to, to think something through until you're able to do that thing on what they call muscle memory. And Gideon and I were watching a, a, um, a video uh, this week for a couple of musicians, a really exceptional drummer and a guitarist were talking about how thought is the enemy of flow. And what they were, what they were talking about is that you, you, know, you engage your brain, you engage your brain um, when you're learning the thing, but you've got to learn the thing all the way through till you get to that flow state where you're able to do it without having to think about it. And I, I think this is actually relevant to the passage of Scripture that we're in and the sanctification process. So we're, we're looking at John 15, and Jesus is, remember, he's at the Last Supper table with his followers, and he's saying to his followers, stay in me. Stay connected. He's using the example 
almost like a, a grapevine. He's saying, I'm the branch. I'm the true branch. I'm the reliable. And you are the vines. So you are, he's using language to say that his followers, that we are, we're tender. And that there is a life source. There is a reliable, strong life source that comes. But he's calling his followers to be intentional, to make a decision, to be connected and to stay connected. And he's, so he's talking to people who have received salvation and are now in the process of sanctification, of, of spiritual growth, of engaging your whole person to getting almost to a spiritual flow state. And, and in this, let's look at one of the, the elements. And maybe you've noticed that our 21 days, our each day's prayer topic and prayer prompts from the Scriptures are connected to this. So let's look at the CSB translation of a part of this from verses 9 through 11 of John 15. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Now remember, this is the agape love word. Okay? Remain in my love. Abide. Stay in. Stay in it. Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in, uh, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made complete. Stay in it through completion. Stay in it? Stay, stay in what? Well, we talked last week about this. It's a, it's a position. It's a posture. It's, it's a relational covenant commitment. It's I am in a committed relationship with Jesus Christ, my Savior, King, and Lord. Jesus is calling us to stay in that relationship. And we need to understand what his words meant. We're going to look at three questions today. What does Jesus mean when he say this, says this? What do we learn from it? What should we do about it? And we know from the writings in the New Testament what his believers understood him to mean. And we as Westerners, who can often be analytical, can struggle with this Eastern mindset and way of communicating that Jesus had. The Jesus, Jesus sounds like a Jedi. No, they, they, they took things from this way of communication. Jesus is saying, stay in my love. This agape love. How is that possible? Why would Jesus ask us to do something that sounds impossible? Well, we need to understand who Jesus is talking to and what they understood him to be communicating so that it's not overwhelming and we don't get it twisted. So this remain in my love, he's specifically saying live with it. Live with it. Stay close. Maintain the connection. A healthy, uninterrupted connection. To be in the love of Jesus is to have received his love and its saving grace. It's not you in your flesh out of your strength. No. Watch this now. Romans 5, 8 through 11. We should understand this. God his great love for us. Now this is Paul, the Holy Spirit's inspiration, right, referring to what Jesus has already said. God showed us his love. That Jesus said that God the Father loved him, and that is in the same way that he has loved us. 
right? God showed his love for us, his great love for us, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God didn't wait till you were at your best. God didn't wait till you were here, uh, dressed up in your best, looking good, on your best behavior, sitting in the pew here this morning. No, when you were at your worst, God had loved you and had sent Jesus for you. And what did Jesus say the greater miracle was? Was it the physical healing or the forgiveness of sins? God already did that when you were at your worst. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Jesus is alive. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Now I have learned down through the years that it's possible for people to attend the event of the American Christian Church and not have received this transformative new birth, new life from Jesus. And we, listen, all are welcome to come and, and attend this Sunday morning thing. But the whole purpose is that you would receive this new life. And that in receiving this new life from him, you would not try to do things out of your own strength. But it would be this response to this greater grace. Continuing Romans 10, 9-13. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart results in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. Who did the heavy lifting? God. We respond. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. We need to understand this powerful truth. The people who heard Jesus say, abide in me, abide in my love. They understood that this was the foundation, the groundwork, the beginning building blocks of it. And it's very important. We will, be, we will see the evidence of frustration and discouragement in our lives in a much greater way if we don't start at this place. So they understood that Jesus was calling them to receive the saving grace of his love. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now also, to be in it is to receive the saving grace, to live in. That's the best title I could come up with for this today. Live in the love of Jesus. Live in the love of Jesus. Now again, I know this might sound impossible, but we must understand that Jesus' call to us is not out of our strength. It does require a decision of our will. And Jesus clearly is calling his followers to a continual decision of their will. Why is it they always say in the movies and on the shows when somebody's dying? Jesus is calling his followers to stay with him. 
what it means. And what it means is to stay in His love. That agape love. Stay in it. Stay in this close, personal relationship. It's not, it's very important for us to understand. It's not you do. No, no, no. It's God loves you. You receive and you respond with His help. You see the difference? Let's look at this. Look what Jeremiah, God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah. I have loved you with an everlasting love. A love that always has been, a love that is now, and a love that always will be. To whom is God speaking through Jeremiah? He's speaking to his people that he had made a covenant promise with that included a requirement of their response. And in the same way, in the new covenant with Jesus, it works that way. God calls us to this commitment. Watch this. So what does Jesus say? Love the Lord your God, same word, agape love, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and most important commandment. And this second commandment is like the first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's a lot of love. There is love of self. An agape, redeemed love of self, a love of neighbors, of other people, people that you're in relationship with and people you're not in relationship with, loving them and loving God with the best of your energy. And the truth of the matter Jesus points to with a statement that would have been absolutely revolutionary to anybody who would have called themselves a person of faith or religion in that day in the worship of Yahweh. He says, all the law and the writing of the prophets depend on these two commands. It's very important because... Just real quick, when we think about why aren't there more people who are Jesus followers? There's two principles that are always at work. One is to believe and another is to belong. And what we see in the book of Acts is that God was adding to the church those who were being saved. And he called his followers to go and urge people to become followers. We make a mistake if we focus on other people thinking and behaving the way we aspire to focused on external behaviors. We make a mistake if we don't focus on the order that Jesus laid out, which is first and foremost this understanding of who God is that has shown us love through salvation, who made a commitment to us, a covenant to us, where we receive that completeness like Justin referred to when leading us to the communion table. We receive that completeness and then we respond with wholehearted devotion out of a thank you, with love. That's the way forward. And from there, God calls everyone to look to Jesus as Lord, which means I make all of my decisions in how I live thinking about what will please Jesus. It's a heart thing. And it includes attachment. We, we need to understand we've had in the last three years a great detaching. A lot of people who've become disillusioned with a lot of things, work, politics, church, etc., 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 and detached. 
We've seen more than ever before a relational callousness. And whereas there is good things in the mental health community, one thing that is overused and abused is the thought of just leave them. Do they not make you feel good? Then just leave them. There's a good book, Resilient Relationships, from a Christian perspective. Sometimes we need to understand what that means. I'm, what does Jesus say? The Father loved me. I received his love. Now I give that love to you. And so love me. We, Jesus calls us to stay attached to God. Stay attached. God is invariably going to say something you don't like. But guess what? If you've received benefit from a medical doctor, if you've received benefit from a vocational mentor, if you've received benefit from a professor, they've probably said something you don't like. And the benefit that you get out of their counsel is dependent on whether or not you will take their counsel with no conditions. How much more so should we accept the guidance of God? And, what, and who is our example in this? Jesus Christ, who went to the Garden of Gethsemane and said, Father, would you let this cup pass for me? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The same Jesus who said, the Father loved me, and so I love you. So this, this idea, this abide in me, it is gooey and spiritual and kind of hippie and kind of like the t-shirt be here now it is those things but it is also a call to attachment and guess what we receive in attachment what the mental health community is striving to do everything it can do to help humans have to help with depression and anxiety and so many of the things and that is a sense of safety a sense of security right these are good things. These are things that if we receive them first and foremost and most profoundly from the loving God who has shown us love, then all the other things we would learn from medicine and from mental health community are only, that benefit is only multiplied that much more so. Are you with me? But it, my, my engagement is I attach to God and from God I receive my safety. That's what Jesus is saying. So again, it's not out of our own strength. Not, not in our own way. I want to illustrate and unpack this a little bit more. This weekend, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., um, tomorrow is to mark his, his life and his work. And one of the things that I'm mindful of is, you know, always rereading his letter from a Birmingham jail and thinking about what happened in Selma, thinking about the way he taught nonviolence. He taught his followers to stay in it, to stay in that mode of nonviolence. And he taught that God kind of love. So the things that he spoke about. Now for us as Jesus followers, Again, not in our own strength, but with what we have received from God. Stay in it. Stay in it. So to be in Jesus is to have received his love and its saving grace. 
To live in the love of Jesus is to stay in this loving, close relationship with Him. Does this sound good? So what do we do? Every day we should consider what the love of Jesus means to us personally. I guess some people twitch a little bit when I say, did you receive the love of God today? Are you promoting selfishness and immaturity? (laughs) No! It's a God concept all over the Scripture that we are to receive the love of God. Now we've just spent, what was it, 20 minutes bringing some definition to what that means. We receive the love of God. And thinking through it, all through December, we, we talked about opportunities of things for you to write out questions and answers and for reflection. It engages your whole person. So I want to encourage you every day, consider what the love of Jesus means to you. Not, not, not just to me or to someone else, but to you. What does it mean? Reflect on the truth of what the love of Jesus is. Give time and energy to receive the love of Jesus for you. Now second, what this includes is spending time and energy to be with Jesus. Available for his influence, receiving his love. Remain in me and I will remain in you. We talked about this last week. You've got to stay in it. So, in order to do that every day, we should be thinking about two things. What is helping our loving relationship with Jesus? And what is hurting or crowding our loving relationship with Jesus? And for all of the people nodding at me today in agreement, I want to encourage you to take some time to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And to think about what is the perspective of the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit think is helping your relationship with God? What does the Holy Spirit think is hurting your relationship with God? You've seen these videos of people playing um, virtual reality games in their, in their living room and they've got the goggles on and the remotes in their hands and they end up crashing into the coffee table because they, they forgot that the coffee table was there because they're so absorbed in that. You know, you know what I'm talking about? There have been a number of accounts from people who are Jesus followers who experience physical death, a spiritual sense of heaven, and then a return to their physical life and their physical body. And a number of those people have actually described, they described light, they described peace, they described joy. And a number of people have also described this grassy field and stepping on the field, but looking like the grass is actually coming through their feet. And, and I think that there can be a spiritual truth in that, that is the spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. Spiritual realm is more real more profound, more powerful. It it is what is eternal than the natural realm. So what are we talking about? We're talking about staying in it. Well, if we're going to stay in it, we need to think about what takes us out of it. What takes you out of it? And we need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us So we don't live in legalism and condemnation and it becomes destructive. What does the Holy Spirit think takes you out of it? That realm that is more real than what you touch, what you look at, 
What takes you out of it? Ignatius Loyal talked about a spiritual discipline, a spiritual exercise of reflection at the end of every day with some questions focused around movement. Movement. Questions that that would help us to understand today, what was moving me further from God? And what was moving me closer to God? Movement. He, He used the term consolation and desolation. What's moving me closer to? What's moving me further away? On December 31st, we talked about give your cares to God and how in that Bible study, there are some things that are normal, good, healthy responsibilities that become a weight. And there are some things that are not healthy that become a weight. But that the scripture actually says that we should give both to God. We put the weight on God. So when we think about in my day, at the end of my day, if I were to include this in a spiritual practice, because maybe through these three weeks of prayer and fasting, spending less time on entertainment as a part of uh, what we're trying to do, it might be good to kind of think about that. Because you have responsibilities. We want to think about it in terms of management. See, the truth of the matter is, is that God has given you life by, with design, and that that design includes you're designed to live in some pressure. Maybe you recently saw that um, Alaskan Airlines flight where the plane depressurized. Well, we had a friend who, her and her son, were on that plane, and you can actually see them in the picture, and they look through the the hole in in that plane. We are created for pressure, for this temporary time before Jesus returns, where we have an enemy, where we are in a broken world, where we have bodies that are susceptible to disease, where there's, there's expectations and pressures and things. You are created for some pressure. And the reality is, is that we can hate pressure and only want an escape, an ejection seat. But the reality is, is that as a Jesus follower, I'm called to rely on him, stay in the love, even in the midst of that pressure. And so this daily reflection is not to say, oh, you know what kept me in this Ignatius Loyal movement reflection? You know what moved me further away from God's love? My spouse. So I'm out of here. My job. Hate my boss. I'm out of here. My kids. They drive me crazy. Kids. None of our kids. See, we can go too far. You are created for some of these things. We talked about it on December 31st. We've been talking about it a little bit since then. Some reflection is really helpful. And I want to say that I'm amazed by the faith in this church. Those that are here today, those who are not physically present today, I'm amazed at your faith. And many of you have suffered greatly and made incredible progress in your faith. And in my responsibility to you, as Scripture prescribes it, I must also periodically bring us to a place of examination. And we think about a well. 
We think about how you can throw rocks into a well, and that will reduce the well's capacity for water. I mean, it doesn't technically, but if you use a vase as an example, it does. I think we have all had experiences in life that were painful, discouraging. We suffered loss. Uh, Things didn't go the way that we hoped or desired. We were abused. We suffered pain. We suffered uh, false accusation, personal betrayal, financial difficulties. All of us have suffered some things that would not be according to God's perfect will and design in a world without sin and without an enemy. But when we interact with the Holy Spirit, between you and the Holy Spirit, there needs to be some search me, O God, and know my heart. Am I allowing suffering, loss, disappointment, discouragement, Betrayal, anger at God to affect my receiving love from God. And then a healthy response to give love back to God. Now, I'm touching some nerves right now and I'm aware of it. And there is no perfect analogy. There are no perfect words I can say right now that will perfectly give you a full picture of what I'm trying to communicate. Beyond this, you need to interact with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit place his finger on the area that he wants to be at work at and follow in that area. And some of that is gonna include painful memories. Things where we are still holding on to, it didn't go the way that I thought it would. It didn't go the way that I thought God said it would. It didn't. And I'm hurt. I still have 10 symptoms every day. I've had a year and a half of being sick every day. Now, my suffering is not the same as Steve's. It's not the same as Joe's. It's not the same as yours. But let's be in this together. Let's be in this with the lead of the Holy Spirit who wants to come and bring some healing. And let's be open about the journey and let's journey it together because the passing of chronological time does not bring healing. Ah, That's a cliche that's not helpful. It's an interaction with God that allows healing. And there are some questions we have that we will still have when Jesus returns or when we are reunited with God. If you read Hebrews 10, 11, and 12, it talks about people of great faith and says the things that they did not see, that they expected to see. The truth in Scripture is that we will not see everything we hope to see. And almost all of us are going to experience death. But what is redemptive, what is helpful, what is bringing peace and love, what brings peace and healing to our hearts, what can help soothe the anger and the pain and the discouragement and the disappointment includes your being honest about it. Let me just recommend three books to help you with that journey with the Holy Spirit 
and maybe help you be in a place where you feel like you can journey this with us, with your fellow church family. Where is God when it hurts? Philip Yancey. Walking with God through pain and suffering and disappointment with God from Philip Yancey. I've found that unfortunately in the books that are written by people who are still alive today, a dearth in good Christian material on the subject of suffering. And it's primarily written by people who have not suffered greatly. Some of us, you know what I'm talking about. God is the author we need to be reading. But here's also some books that can help you and help you understand. God loves you. God cares about you. God is the only one who perfectly knows what's going on. God is the one that wants to come and bring some healing. And even if there may be some questions that don't get answered, that we will go to heaven with, and there they will be answered. Because the the picture that John saw of Jesus Christ is no more crying, no more suffering. And what do we see all through the Psalms? There's crying and suffering. There is God, where are you? God, where were you? God, where, why, why do I not see you? Why have you not treated me the way you've treated other people? What we see, we talked about through our worship series, is that there must be an honesty like we see in the Psalms. We, we, God is not asking us to fake it. God is not asking for delusion. You hear me? God sees the suffering and knows it better than anyone. For the sake of time, I really got to continue. I know it's inadequate for me to introduce it and not be able to really deal with everything. Listen to the loving Jesus. What does Jesus say? Abide in me. Let my words abide in you. Read the words of Jesus. Soak in the words of Jesus. Consider the words of Jesus. It is a way of receiving his love and staying in his love. Walk out your spiritual life in community, out in the open, so that they may encourage your decisions to grow closer to Jesus. In business and in nonprofits and on sports, most organizations don't achieve greatness because no one is more than 90, 95% honest with each other. We must be 100% honest with ourselves, honest with God, and honest with each other. This needs to be, and I think in many ways is, a church family where you can be the real you, where you don't have to code switch, where you don't have to put a face on. We gotta come, we gotta walk it out together. Love each other. How and why it feels impossible, seems impossible, because we can all live in the love of Jesus by daily receiving it, and responding to it with wholehearted devotion. Wholehearted devotion. Let's, let's close with a time of prayer. You know, my, a big part of me wanted to just have prayer and worship through our whole time together. Rebecca and I spent extra time in prayer in this sanctuary this week. You just sense the, the presence of God here with us. Listen, God loves you. God loves you. God cares about you. The call of Jesus is to receive that love. 
Receive that love. Lord, we come to You hearing from You. Hearing the words of Jesus. God, we confess. We make mistakes. We find ourselves inadequate. We hold on to anger. We hold on to hurt. We hold on to resentment. We we do make decisions. We think in certain ways and feel in certain ways that seem to be in tension with this. So God, we just come to you right now. We confess where we've been wrong. We forsake it. We turn away from it. We let it go. We ask for your forgiveness of our wrong. We receive new spiritual life through Jesus, our Savior and King and Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit, to see very clearly what is moving us toward you, what it moves us away from you, and how to steward that, how to manage a balance, how to live our daily lives with more input from you, life receiving your, your love, receiving what you've given us so that we in turn can love you wholeheartedly, devoted to you, Lord, we come needing your grace, needing your love, needing your mercy. We ask you for it. Would you pour it out on us again? Please strengthen our resolve. Strengthen our resolve to be attached to you. Lord, that our joy would be full that our joy in you would be made complete. Help us to stay in it. Help us to identify what takes us out of it. Help us to stay in it. God, today we receive your love. Lord, please help each person who now feels pain, who now feels a discouragement or an anger or a hurt from things of the past. Lord, would you bring healing? Would you bring your peaceful joy? Would you bring perspective? Would you bring strength? Would you open our spiritual eyes to see what you see? Open our spiritual ears to hear you, that we might receive your love and love you back. Thank you for today. Thank you for who you are, for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today, for staying in it this morning with me. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.